This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Time to connect with Professor Dion Foster, Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, the Director of the Bayes-Nordia Center for Public Theology. Uh, morning, Dion. I love the fact that Jesus didn't say to Zacchaeus, please sort your life out first and then you can come and spend some time with me. Uh, it was just right where you're at, in the middle of the mess. I'm happy to be with you. Morning, Dion. Hey, Brad. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the gift of our, our God. He loves us just as we are, you know, and, and Jesus... You know, he he knows us just as we are and loves us anyway. I mean, that that for me is the miracle of grace, isn't mm, it? Absolutely. So this morning, it's one of those moments where when you're kids, uh, you say, I promise I'll do it for you. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I promise. Well, it's, I cross my heart and hope to die and stick my finger in my eye or something like that. We have to completely convince the other person that what we're saying is actually going to be something that we do. Brad, isn't that isn't that so true? And of course, you know, the the, the older we get, um, the more we realise just how difficult it is to uh, to be able to to meet, uh, you know, all of those promises that we've made, and and we we recognise how many times we have failed at at you know fulfilling our promises. I, I think back about you know when my my kids were little, and uh, because I love them because I love them so much. I, I love them so, so much. Mm. I just wanted to do everything that I could for them. But Brad, that's one of the challenges about being a parent of young children is you're still making your way in the world. Eh? I must say now that I'm a little bit older and a bit more established, you know, in some cases, even though I don't have the energy now, it would be easier to have young kids now because I've got a little bit more money I'm a little bit more established, <laughs> yes. you know, but when you're just starting out in your career and you're in your mid-20s, early 30s, and you really want to do your best, but, you know, you're still climbing your way through business and, mm. you know, everybody's above you and whatever. It's difficult sometimes to keep those promises. I remember things like saying to to Liam, listen, you know, daddy's going to be there for your uh, your your rugby match. And then, oh, you know, really having to work, you know, in, in incredibly smart ways to be able to make it and get there. But I, I, you know, there's something about meeting the promise that created within him a sense of security, a sense of trust, a, a sense of saying, you know, my dad can be relied upon. When when he says yes, he means yes. But of course, the other side is also true. Uh, there were times, you know, particularly uh, I found with my daughter, she was a bit like me. She liked to press the boundaries a little bit, if you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. where she would say, Dad, can I go with my friends to here? And I'd say, no. And then she'd come back a little bit later and bring me a cup of tea, you know, try and <laughs> manipulate a bit and say, Dad, yeah. listen, have you thought about it? Could I go? And I'd say, the answer is still no. She'd go to her mom, you know. So so let your yes be your yes and your no be your no is, is really what I want to focus on today. And um, it's interesting, Brad, this comes to us in a section of the Bible in, in Matthew's gospel um, where, where Matthew is, is presenting in the words of Jesus, Matthew chapter five, that section called the Beatitudes, a whole lot of ways for living. Now, um, this particular section about oaths and truthfulness is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 37. And um, I, I really love the way in which Jesus sets this up. Listen to this. Um, you know, he talks about not swearing an oath, you know, because he sort of says anyone who who has to swear an oath, I, I promise, you know, 
uh, on the city of Jerusalem, Jesus says, or I promise on God's throne, or mm. I promise on, you know, the great king that I, I do this. Jesus says, listen, anyone who has to swear like that, obviously, you know, the oath means that they have failed in the past. And so they're trying to convince you that they're not going to fail again. So Jesus says the best way to overcome that, verse 37, is simply let your yes be your yes. And you, your no be your no. Anything else, Jesus says, anything more than just saying my yes will be my yes and my no will be my no comes from the evil one. Mm. Now, think about that for a moment. I, I, I was thinking about this. I would love to be as black and white as that, as clear as right and wrong. Um, but I know I live a, a complicated life. And, and for myself, I know I'm not perfect. And sometimes I've said yes when I should have said no. And sometimes I've sh- said no when I should have said yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about you guys, but but I tend to want to make people happy. I've I've realized in my life I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So I often get the email that says, hey, prof, would you come and speak at event X, Y, and Z? And I say yes. And then when it suddenly comes nearer and I realize I have to climb on an airplane and fly there and be away from my family mm. and prepare, then I realize I should have said no. And you know what ends up happening is I end up resenting the people who were just in good faith saying to me, hey, would you do this? You know, they would have been as happy with a no as they are with a yes. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. Because they would have just asked the next person, you know. So it's not actually about them, it's about me. Second thing that struck me about this, Brad, is to be able to just say to someone yes or no is a point that we get to after a long journey of consistency. Mm. And... um, I, I, I want to say to those of us who are listening today who find it difficult to let our yes be a yes and our no be a no, whether it's in your family or whether it's amongst your colleagues or in your public life, why don't you make the commitment to say, today I begin the journey to move towards that integrity. Today, I'm going to begin by by saying yes when I mean yes and no when I mean no. Now, let me give you one little example with this. Um, a, a really great mentor and friend once said to me, if someone asks you if you can do something in two months' time, always pretend that you have to do it by next week, Tuesday. <laughs> and if you can't do it by next week, Tuesday, rather just be honest and say, I'm terribly sorry, it has to be a no. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in two months' time, it's going to be next week, Tuesday, and uh, and you'll have to say no. And the same goes for your yes. You know, if you if you say yes to someone or something, treat it as a joyous yes. Lean into it and say, I want to do everything that I can to fulfill the promise that I've made for you. Mm. So Brad, just to leave our listeners with one little bit, it comes from Ephesians chapter four, verses 15 and 16, where Paul encourages us. He says that we need to speak the truth in love. And he tells us how we do that. He says, grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole of the body joined and knit together by every ligament by which it is equipped. And each part is working properly promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. So let's grow together in in the integrity of saying yes when we mean yes and no when we mean no. Yeah, thanks for that, Dion. Sometimes, we look, we all get it wrong at some point. And then there's that whole trust thing that sometimes goes out the window. I've seen... It always feels like a very, very dramatic version of of this, but they show you that wine glass, beautiful glass, and they show you that picture of a broken wine glass where all the pieces glued back together, and of course the glass is fairly useless after that. 
But when we let people down, when our no isn't our no or our yes isn't our yes and we let people down, there's that awful space of trying to rebuild that trust. Even in, if something changes in your heart like Zacchaeus that we were talking about this morning, even when something changes in your heart and you're like, I need to be a better version of myself than I have been. I want to be a person of integrity. There's that rebuilding of the trust that's really hard. Absolutely. But Brad, isn't that the, I mean, that for me is just the miracle of God's grace, you know, Um, Mm. and it's both personal. It's also structural. Um, I've experienced it throughout my life when, when I've messed up the road to recovery, the road to reconciliation, the road to restoration begins with repentance, begins with saying, I I know I've messed up and and I'm sorry I did it. Um, I, I own the responsibility. I want to be better. I think even for nations, you know, the, the challenges we face in South Africa today, we can treat in the same way. We can say we can be better than this. We can do better than this. And it begins with repentance. It begins with saying we're, we're no longer going to be dishonest. We, we won't just participate in lies. Uh, we're turning away from wrongdoing and, and we're, we're turning our heads towards right. And of course, the, the miracle of this, is that Christ waits for us with open arms. And not only that, like we read in the story of the prodigal son, he, he comes out to meet us, you know. Mm. Um, he, he sends his spirit out to come and fetch us and bring us in, and that's a gift. Prof. Dion and Brad, I find that even when someone WhatsApp me, some, we have this tendency to say, yes, we must go for coffee or we must get together. And I stopped doing that because I realized I could not actually commit to those things that I um, sort of promised to someone. So I think it's even in those small things, you know, that I found that I did not honor those kind of commitments with people close to me. So really to be mm. cautious, just to, to put it out there that you're going to do something because for you, it may, might be a casual statement and that person might really hold you accountable for yeah. saying we're going to go for coffee and you never do. Almari, and of course, you know, why do we do that? We do that because actually the person that we're interacting with, we want them to know that they are special to us. Yes. We want them to know that we, that we would love to be able to meet with them. And and just think about it, you know, if, if all we did was we were just truthful, we just said to that person, you know what, there's been such a great WhatsApp conversation. I want you to know that I love you that I cherish you, and I wish I had more time so that I could just say, let's get together, but but it's not possible at the moment. But what I want you to know is that I love you. Mm. That's, sure. that's you know, that's a, a far more responsible way to communicate mm. truth to people. I, I, I hear the gospel through you today, Almarie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then before we go, if we say we're going to pray for somebody, I'll pray for you. Pray for the people. Yes, <laughs> do it right there and then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's another one, you know. Uh, don't, don't just say you're going to pray. Actually say, can I pray for you? <laughs> yeah. Do it right there, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the voice of Professor Dion Foster, Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, also the Director of the Bayes Nordia Center for Public Theology, and he's just a really cool guy. Thanks, Dion. Thanks, my friends. Bless you today. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.